We are headed to a place of no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, absolute comfort, absolute joy forever with Jesus Christ. That place is called heaven. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be celebrating with you. And uh, happy 4th of July weekend, man. Hopefully you're enjoying some time with family and just being able to get a little bit of rest and relaxation and be able to celebrate a little about what we do have in this country. May God get all the glory. He sits over everything. We praise his name. And all of God's people said... Amen, amen. So we are in a series here that we are launching today, and we are fired up to go after this and excited to be able to walk through. We're continuing in Hebrews now. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And so we've been talking about each of these series have been called Greater right? Greater. And then there's a tagline about Jesus. Greater Jesus, my God. Greater Jesus, my high priest. Greater Jesus, my sacrifice. And now we're talking about greater Jesus, my faith. Greater Jesus, my faith. We're talking about the one who is our author and perfecter of our good faith. The one who is our hope, our reason, our promise. And so we look to him. As we dive into Hebrews this summer and then a little bit into the fall, the reality is chapters 11, 12, and 13 of Hebrews are very different than 1 through 10. 1 through 10 is some deep theology and trying to understand how it works together with Old Testament truth and how all of that packages up to give us a future hope in Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. But chapters 11, 12, and 13 are actually calling us to, so, so what do we do about that now? So how do we live this out? So over the summer, we're going to be focusing on Hebrews 11. It is the chapter of faith. It talks all about what faith is and what that means, and then gives a ton of examples of faith being lived out. And so we're going to walk through what it is to have a, a faith on fire. So greater Jesus, my faith. That's where we're headed, all right? So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 1 as we get going here. And point number one, faith is trusting in the hope stirred by a great God of promise. Faith is trusting in the hope stirred by a great God of promise. Starts out here in verse 1 and says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand, and we'll just hold right there. Right? He says, now, and uh, this word is a connecting word. It looks back to the prior chapter. It's been a little bit since we've been in Hebrews chapter 10. But at the end of Hebrews chapter 10, it says, yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. Yet a little while and the coming one will Come. Everybody say, that's Jesus. He's like, hang on just a little bit longer and the coming one will come. He's talked about the one who came first as lamb, the one who then served as our high priest, and now there's the one Jesus Christ who will be coming as king. So yes, lamb, and yes, lion, king, coming again. And he's like, hang on, he will be coming in just a little while. Then he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. He's like, hang on, Jesus is coming. You're like, well, well, what do I do till then? Live by faith. 
That's the battle cry right at the end of chapter 10. So what does that look like? He starts out then in chapter 11. Now, in other words, yes, because of that call to live by faith, he says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. He's like, let's make sure we know what we're talking about. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Assurance, like a confidence in. It's a reality in your life. You're living it as a reality, the assurance of things hoped for, right? The things that are coming. This is the word hope that, not like we use it today, you know, like, I hope so. Like, we talked about it a number of times up front here, right? It's not, when you see the word hope in scripture, it doesn't mean, I hope so. Like, that means like it's 50-50 shot at best. Like, not that. Like hope, like this is counted on. This is my future. I am leaning on this reality. I am looking forward to this with all I've got. He says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Like I am uh, absolutely certain I have this commitment within my soul of things not seen, things of today, right here and now, of the effect of forgiveness, of the role of Jesus Christ, him dying and rising and all that happens there, of the role of the Holy Spirit in my life, this whole spiritual world, things not seen. And I have a conviction of that, but also the things that are to come and a conviction of those things, conviction that there is a heaven That there is an eternity with our God and because of Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross and rising, because of me being able to say, Lord, please forgive me, I can have eternity with him as I lean on him, as I count in him. He's like, yeah, there's this assurance of things hoped for, this conviction of things not seen. That's faith. I just wrote it this way, thinking about it a little bit this week. Faith is living today with the reality of tomorrow. Faith is living today with the reality of tomorrow. We have a hope, we have a promise, we have a confidence in, and so we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Now don't get me wrong, we can have super unreasonable faith. We can place our faith in things that we have no business doing, right? I have faith that the Cubs are gonna win this year. Right? Like, that's, like you can place your faith in things that just won't get it done. May we have faith in the God of the universe, the one who is the lamb and the coming lion, the one who is the God of all. May we have a reasonable faith along the way. Let's put it this way. Human beings, we live with faith. Like we can't possibly know and experience every single thing ourselves. And so we trust, we count on, we have faith in things. We live with faith. Be wise about where you place your faith. May God get all the glory, okay? He says that we have this assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their condemnation. He's talking about the people in the Old Testament, and he's like, they lived by faith. If you were raised in some way where you were taught that the people in the Old Testament were saved by works, but the people in the New Testament are saved by faith, ready? That was wrong. That is not correct. In fact, we see very clearly in Scripture, it says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Faith, Old Testament, faith, New Testament. As we saw in Hebrews 1 through 10, those in the Old Testament were looking forward to the Messiah and to a lamb that would cover sin. 
And we get to look backward, knowing a little more clearly what's going on as we look to the cross, Jesus, the Lamb of God, Messiah. Everybody, faith in Jesus. It is the work on the cross by Jesus Christ alone that brings forgiveness of sin. It is Jesus only. Everybody say Jesus only. And man, faith, faith in the Old Testament saints and faith in the New Testament saints, may God get all the glory. It says, by faith, the people of old received their condemnation. And, uh, you know, we see Abraham believing God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Romans chapter 4, it's made clear there. We see in Ephesians 2 for New Testament saints, it says, by grace are we saved through faith. Faith is where it's at as we count on the things hoped for, as we lean on them as a reality. And then it says, four thunderous words, by faith we understand. I'm not sure you understand how thunderous those four words are. By faith we understand. See, most people in America would probably switch those two nouns. By understanding, we have faith, right? We would tend to put the knowing first, and so it puts all of the ownership on me. I'm holding on, and once I've figured it all out, then I'll have faith. Just so you know, once you've figured something all out, it's no longer faith, now it's reason, right? And, and it's not that. It's not I need to understand fully, then I'll have faith. It's by faith we understand. It's a journey where we commit, even in the simplest of levels. Think of it this way. I'm going to learn math. And so you pick up a math book, and as you begin to open up the chapters, you're like, I'm going to be able to learn from this. We place our faith in the knowledge of those who wrote the book and what they're talking about. We open it up, and we start to walk it through, and we begin to learn. We put our trust in someone or something, and then we begin to glean the information and grow. By faith, we understand. And where we place our faith will dramatically affect our view of what is true. And uh, please hear me, there is a right and a wrong. There is a true. Are you locking into truth? Or are you locking into misunderstanding? May we be careful about where we place our faith. By faith, we understand. I put it this way. Maybe this is the best way to define faith. Let's define faith in three words, all right? So three parts to faith. Here we go. Ready? First part to faith, hearing. Like there's no faith that happens without hearing. Romans chapter 10 says that by hearing, we believe, we have faith. Right? And so hearing, so maybe we hear a, a pastor preaching the word. Maybe we open up the word of God and we're just reading it ourselves and the Holy Spirit is moving and we're hearing from him. Maybe we're hearing from a parent sharing with us or a friend who's made it clear who they see Christ to be. Faith starts with hearing, right? And so hearing, key part to faith, but there's more to it than that. It's not just sitting in a room and hearing somebody speak and now I have faith. Everybody say not that. Dude, that's not faith, right? That's the starting point, but that's not the ending point. So hearing, next step, trusting. Trusting. Like I'm beginning to take in what's being said and I'm going to call it true. I'm going to embrace this as true. 
It goes from hearing to trusting. Something inside of me saying, okay, this is reality. Like I'm hearing this and I'm beginning to be able to lean on this as true. I hear that Jesus Christ died and rose again. I hear it. Now I'm beginning to call it true. Jesus is risen from the dead and he is offering up salvation. Truth. We're still not done though. Like it's not enough to just believe that Jesus is risen. Romans chapter 10 says actually that you have to also believe that he is risen and confess him as Lord. What does that look like? So hearing, trusting, third word, leaning. Leaning. Where you start to put your weight, your spiritual weight, your physical weight into a relationship with him. If this is true, then how do I live? Is he in charge? Confess him as Lord. That's faith. And as you put those three words together, that's a huge deal. Hearing, trusting, and leaning. Now you have an active follower of Jesus Christ. Not one that looks like it on the surface, but one that's got it going on. In fact, hey, parents, little shout out, maybe at around the age 16, 17, 18 with your kids or even into college, 19, 20 years old, we start to say these words like, hey, it's time for you to make your faith your own. Like, what do we mean by that? Here's what we mean. Okay, you've heard. Maybe you even put in your trust in me that this stuff was true about Jesus. But it's time for you to begin to lean on Jesus yourself. You've heard. Are you embracing this reality? It's true that Jesus has died and risen. It's true he is God Almighty. It's true I can have forgiveness of sin. It's true we have life in him. Are you embracing that truth? And then going one step further, and now are you leaning on him? May you switch your dependence from maybe your parents to now Jesus Christ. A call out to our kids is to begin to embrace it and make it their own, to begin to trust the truth and lean on Jesus personally themselves, making it their own. It's not enough to say, sure, fine, it's true. And then we go live otherwise. And uh, and all of God's people said, dude, that's a huge call out, thunderous. And kids, hear me, if you're in this room at your high school, college age, young adult age, make it your own. Embracing what's true and leaning on your God, relationship with him. May God get all the glory. Romans chapter 4 verse 20 actually says, Abraham grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He grew strong in his faith. Just so you know, if you hear and then you embrace it as true and then you begin to lean on him, You begin to dig into his word and open it up and you start seeing things. You're like, that is so true. And you like embrace this reality that gives you more understanding, more hearing. And so you embrace it as true. And so you're leaning on him. And so you gain more understanding and you're like, that is so true. And it comes back to more hearing and that's the growing. As you give God glory, you're leaning on him and he shows you more of himself and you're in awe. And so you bring it back to the beginning and do it all over again, over and over and over. That's called growing in Jesus Christ. Being blown away as you start with faith and watch him show you all that's going on. Now look what he says, his one proof text here. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God 
so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. The universe was created by the word of God. He's like, hey, just a little simple question. Were you there when everything was created? Answer? Yeah, that was really weak. Answer? Good. If some of you think you were there, let's talk afterwards, all right? Like, no, we weren't there. And so what's going on? How can we speak to the origins? It starts with faith and we begin to trust the God of the universe. In fact, you're looking for a God in all of creation that's revealed out. As you look at this physical world, it's easy to take in and say, there was something and it, something came before it and something came before that and ultimately something before that. And there must have been a first something. What was that? Who was that? This thing that existed from eternity past. This thing that had massive power and could create at this level. Romans 1 says we're without excuse. We have to answer to that eternal nature, divine power. Right? And so as we begin to trust and believe in God and we open up his word, the first words of the first book of the Bible say, in the beginning, God. And then it talks about how he speaks and this world exists by faith. We understand that God speaks and this world exists. It answers to the supreme, amazing position that there is a God who is a bigger than nature. That's what supernatural means, right? Above nature. Like he existed from all eternity. What else exists from all eternity? Nothing. What else has the power to create at this level? God is supernatural. And so we lean on him, we trust in him, and he takes us on a journey of finding out who he is. By faith, we believe in the past details that we weren't there for, and we hang on to the hope of a future. And all of God's people said, faith, it's hearing, it's trusting, it's leaning, it's relationship with our King. May God get all the glory as we have faith in Him. And it's important for us to relate to our God on a regular basis to go after life with Him. And so we thought right now, let's just take a little bit of time to do that. Let's take some time in communion. So you should have actually gotten a cup when you came in. Go ahead and grab that. We're gonna take a moment of just spending a little time relating to our God. Maybe taking time to make it your own, to embrace this truth and lean on him. So man, if you're here today and you're like, I'm not even sure where I stand with Jesus Christ, then maybe today is a great moment for you to just hang on, to step back a little bit, to be praying through and saying, Lord, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm willing to take the first steps and just putting yourself with your God. And just take that moment instead of doing the communion here. That's great. But man, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, if you have leaned on him and he is your king, let's celebrate that we have life in him. This is for you. Let's take a moment of thanking him and praising him and coming before him. So as we go to take communion, let's just go to prayer here and take a moment together, each of us individually and all of us corporately, as we lean on him. Just take a moment to praise your God and thank him for who he is. It's right where you are thanking him.
praise him that he is the God who has stepped into this world. He is the lamb who died on the cross for my sins and he offers forgiveness. Praise his name. And now just taking a little bit of time before him. Maybe you walked into this room where the world has been getting the better of you. This week has been getting the better of you. This day has been getting the better of you. And it's just time to lay it before your God and say, Lord, please forgive me. And just handing the sin down, Lord, please forgive me. I was wrong for, be specific with him. Maybe it's words you used, maybe it's actions you went after. May God get all the glory as you lay it at his feet. Lord, please forgive me. And now just taking a moment to celebrate saying, Lord, I hear and I trust and now I'm leaning on you. Lord, I'm leaning on you and you alone. You are my hope. Just take a moment with your king. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have hope in you, life in you. We thank you that we have eternity because of you, that you died and rose and you promised for those who have faith in you. You bring a forgiveness of sins and a forever with you. May we lean on you. In the amazing, saving, glorious name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen, as Jesus was talking with the disciples, he took the bread and he lifted it up. And he said this, this is my body broken for you. He was giving them information that they were hearing. They were beginning to embrace and trust. And he was like, I am dying for you. And this is going to bring salvation. They could barely understand it in the moment. After the fact, it became so clear. Jesus was literally saying these words, I will be whipped for you. I will be beaten for you. I will be crucified for you. I love you. Take and eat. Jesus took the drink and he held it up and he said this this is my blood poured out for you there is life in the blood and Jesus lived a perfect life him for me everybody just say him for me and so we lean and we lean with all we have. He has died for me, and he has risen again. And Jesus took it and said, this is my blood, take and drink.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can have faith in you. We thank you that we can hear of you, that we can trust in you and embrace you as true, that forgiveness and forever in heaven with you is our hope. So Lord, we now lean with all we've got. Thank you as we celebrate in this time of remembrance, you are awesome. In the amazing, saving name of Jesus, I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Faith. It's hearing. It's trusting. Embracing it is true. And so leaning in. And I'm just telling you, wherever you lean, you will draw information. It may be wrong information. It may be very right information. And so may we cautiously and wisely place our faith in the God of the universe who is revealing to us all that he is. May we lean on the everlasting arms of our Savior and King. May God get all the glory. Point number two. It says faith looks to the glorious unseen and that is ultimately found in the promise of heaven. Faith looks to the glorious unseen and that is ultimately found in the promise of heaven. And we're gonna jump a few verses, so jump over to verse 13, all right? So we're gonna skip from verse three to verse 13 and uh, we're gonna cover those verses, hang on. The reality is we're gonna take the rest of the summer and we're gonna walk through the different examples of faith. We're going to read the passage real quickly from Hebrews and then we're going to jump back to Old Testament and we're going to look at that story and explore what faith lived out looks like. What does it mean that they heard? What does it mean that they leaned on their God? What did that look like? So that's what we're going to be walking through, all right? As we jump to verse 13 here, it says, um, a really happy thought. It starts out, these all died. (laughs) Without context, like it hurts to just jump on a verse, doesn't it? And you gotta know what's being talked about. And if you look back the verses prior in verses four through 12, it's actually talking about people who lived by faith. It was talking about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah. These are some of the examples in verses four through 13. And as they're talking about these people who lived by faith and they leaned on God and they had a trust in him, It says, these all died. They did pass away. They are not alive today. We cannot talk to them. And all of God's people said, that's an obvious, right? So these all died, uh, not having received the things promised. He's like, let's make this clear. They were trusting in a God who would come and die for them and rise again. There would be a Messiah hope. There would be a future kingship. There would be a heaven forever. And as these people passed away, that had not yet come to be. It was still a future hope. They were holding on as a faith promise and they were counting in their God. And he's like, yeah, they, they had not yet received this promise. I just wrote these words down. They did not believe because it happened. They believed because it would happen. This is a huge deal. They're not just taking on a looking around and a reasoning and they came to the conclusion, oh look, it happened right in front of me, so okay, fine, now I'll, now I'll believe it. It was still future to them. 
And they had a faith of a future thing, a hope in a future thing and an assurance of that. They had a faith in a Messiah to come, a faith in a God that would take over and bless a nation, and a faith in a God who would bless all the nations. They had a faith in a God with a plan. And in the middle of this faith, they trusted. It says, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. I love that statement. He's talking about the truth that they were hoping in. And he says, this author of Hebrews said, they saw those truths and greeted them from afar. Dude, that is a super poetic way of talking about the things you're hoping in. You're seeing them as assurance. I am greeting them and I am seeing them from afar. We talk of heaven and if we're not raptured up and if we don't pass away in the immediacy, man, I'm telling you, we are seeing it and greeting it from afar. It's out in our future and we are longing and looking for the hope in him. And they had faith and it spilled into their living and they lived for their God. It says, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth, they acknowledged that they were strangers, meaning foreigners, like we don't exist as this is our home. This is not our home. That's what stranger means. This is not my home. I'm here for a short time. I'm visiting. Or exiles. Like, man, I was taken prisoner. I didn't choose this place. This is not where I want to be. I've got a home somewhere else. As you talk about yourself as a stranger or an exile, you're talking about a home somewhere else. So he says, for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. When somebody tells you that they're a foreigner to this land, they're saying to you, over there somewhere was my home, not here. And he's like, these people of faith in verses 4 through 12 spoke of their lives as this is but visiting. They have a home somewhere else. Man, the truth, I am heaven bound. If you trust in Jesus Christ, if you understand that there is salvation in him alone, you have heard it. You have embraced that as true. You believe he is risen and you confess him as Lord. You're leaning on him. If your life is leaning into Jesus, trusting him as in charge, that's saved. And the truth of the matter is you are heaven bound. Everybody just say, I am heaven bound. Say it louder, say it bigger. I am heaven bound. Dude, that is a truth we get to claim. And in the middle of this broken world, we get to hang on to that hope with absolute assurance. I am heaven bound. I am headed home to glory and my God has it in hand. I am heaven bound. Hear me. This is just a stopping point. This is but a moment in time. I am living in a tent. May God get all the glory. Cannot wait to get home to life with Jesus Christ. He says, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. He's like, look, man, if Abraham meant, I would love to get back to Canaan. I would love to get back to Ur. I would love to get back to and put wherever he was at before. And that's what he really meant by home. 
If that's what he was talking about, we could have just packed up and gone. But that isn't what he was talking about. He was talking about a forever with his God. And wherever we're at on this earth, this is but a stopping point. This is not home. May God get all the glory. This is a journey, and this isn't the stop. Man, hear me. There are too many of us that live life on this earth like this is the stopping point and the home. We begin to live like this is what it's all about. We'll even say words like this. I expect God to make me comfortable. I'm not happy if it's not all comfortable. I want it to go perfectly. I want really no pain, no sorrow. No, I want it to go well here. And I'm looking to make this my home. Please hear me. Right thought, wrong location. You hear me on that? Right thought. We are headed to a place of no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache. Absolute comfort, absolute joy forever with Jesus Christ. That place is called heaven, not the broken down earth. And all of God's people said, when we start to say this place has to be my heaven, man, will we be dissatisfied. Our job is to live where this is a stopping point and we are headed home to glory. This is your hope. Jesus Christ, your privilege and your king and you get to lean on him with all you've got. He says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. They desire to be in a home where God is in charge, where people aren't stupid. <laughs> right? Where it doesn't wash on my shore and I don't wash on their shore. And life begins to be as God had originally designed it. The God of the universe who spoke this world into existence spoke it in in innocence and glory and stunning satisfaction. And he related and he connected with them in that time and it took almost no time and it fell apart. Man, we are headed home to a, a fixing of that problem. We are headed home to that made perfect forever. May God get all the glory. Do you embrace that truth? Do you live that truth that God has a plan and God has a home and he is preparing a place for you? Are you leaning on him and trusting in him with all you've got? He says, therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, yeah, right? It's a connecting word. Like, because there is eternity, because we have hope and life in him, because we have the promise, and we lean on that promise, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. You are hearing it. He is preparing for them a city. Are you trusting it? Are you embracing the reality that God has a forever and it 
is stunningly perfect. And those who spend eternity with him are the ones who call him king. Are you embracing it as true? Are you ready to lean into a relationship with that God who has your forever in hand? May we live like this is a stopping point. Dude, this is a KOA. (laughs) Have you ever stayed at a KOA? This is a KOA. And we are on our way home to perfection and glory. May God get all the joy. By the way, if you love KOAs, I'm happy for that. (laughs) Enjoy that. Heaven is going to be better, okay? It just is. And man, we are headed home to glory. May God truly get all the praise. We believe in the king who has it in hand. He has died. He has risen. I embrace him as Lord. I am in. This is a temporary stopping point. And I will worship my king with all I've got until I get home to glory. And then I will unleash. Are you with me? Let's not lose. Amen, man. Do not lose sight. Faith. It is an assurance of the things hoped for. It is a conviction of the things not seen. I hear. I trust and I will lean. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, that is living life in faith. And man, we're gonna walk through this series this summer. We're gonna see how some of these guys live their faith out. May we learn and grow from it as we are on a stopping point on our way home to glory. Let's pray.